1: what's up everybody welcome back to the future cast on the player profiler radio network i am cody carpenter you can find me on twitter at CarpenterNFL. and with me as always my main man andy milnick what's going on brother well what's going on dude happy to be part of
0: the uh, future cast show today to talk about some 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 sticky situations that we're finding ourselves in just just keep ourselves kind of interested in Some certain timelines and some certain things that are going to be going on. So happy to talk college
1: football with you as always, Cody. Some top five sticky situations in the college football season, kind of looking forward. What's going to happen? What are big things that could change? But first, we got to appreciate our good friends over at Underdog, UnderdogFantasy.com. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD for a deposit match bonus up to $100. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD again underworld best ball mania three the puppy two's coming out go jump in go jump in nah but now let's get started with the top five sticky situations for the 2022 nfl season andy milnick number five what better way to start this off than with an actual sticky situation
0: number five for me what what is arizona state going to do with herm edwards With all the NCAA recruiting violations coming in for them having recruits apparently over the 2020 COVID season when they shouldn't have had folks on campus, what is Arizona state going to do? I just looked at their schedule the other day and they're over under on the Caesar sports book. And honestly, it's, it's, it's really tough to say that they're going to go under their eight and a half or seven and a half win total. So to be honest with you, number five for me, Herm Edwards. let's see how Arizona state recovers. Um, with these allegations and these these uh you know sanctions that they may end up facing,
1: they got sanctions. But you know what else they have is they have a number of professional athletes' sons on the team. And what do we know about the NFL? Is the NFL always weasels its way out of everything? Do I think Arizona State weasels its way out of everything? Probably not. But I mean, they got Emory Jones, Xavier Valade mm-hmm. transferred in. They got Chad Johnson Jr. Uh, they got Ryan Clark's son in the back end, Jordan Clark. They got some dogs. They went eight and five last year. Sticky as sticky can get with not being bowl eligible. If they get suspended or so, or something like that happens, you never know. Yep. Eight and five. You looking at a nine, potentially 10 win team being oof, oof. Yeah. Sticky. Sticky. Number five. What about you, number Cody? Number five. Number, number, number five. For that, you. Number five. That's a thing. Number five for me. Let's stay sticky, baby. Spencer Rattler and DJ Ugalele. Will they bounce back in 2022? The big question is: Spencer Rattler walks into the 2021 season with Sam Howell as the two Heisman you know favorites, you know, on all sports books, especially Caesars. Promo code underworld fifteen, and he walks out of the season as a backup that transfers. To South Carolina. Will he bounce back at South Carolina? Will DJ bounce back at Clemson, losing Tony Elliott as his offensive coordinator and, and and losing guys like Justin Ross in the NFL draft? Will he bounce back? That's that's my biggest question is which one of these two will they play late in the season against each other? Will either of them make it to that game? Will they both make it to that game? Will that game be the deciding factor? Hopefully they put that shit on ESPN on like a Thursday night. That would be just just to watch either some just dog water football or or just to watch a couple of five touchdown you know you know parties um spencer rattler dj do you think either one of these guys bounces back yeah i mean if you had to give me
0: money i'd probably put it on dj more than i would put it on spencer right more more continuity from the coaching standpoint facilities around him um to me, you know, you think that maybe DJ's problem was that he got caught up in the NIL stuff because that's kind of what a lot of these guys that we overhyped before the beginning of the season, they all got involved in NIL stuff and it kind of threw them uh, for a loop, right? Trying to figure it out and navigate that. So, I'd say yep. DJ Inglae and because uh, honestly, as a vegan in South Carolina, I, I can't think of a worse place to live as a vegan. Honestly, for Spencer
1: Rattler, I can't. We're talk we're talking about. I was in on Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma, but he, you know, bad season. He transfers. He still can't be over 185 pounds. Give me the, give me the Dante Culpepper of the generation and DJ. Give me it. I mean, if anybody's going to bounce back, it's going to be DJ. Let's go with the DJ train. Andy, give me number four here. Number four. Number four is let's stay in
0: the, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll stay in the South here. We'll move a couple States to the West. Um, we're going to go to Auburn. Auburn, and what we're going to look for here is a situation with Brian Harson. This is a fan base that wanted to fire, that fired Gus Malzahn after he won last year, and then Brian Harson comes in, or two years ago, then Brian Harson comes in, and they try to get him fired this past offseason, making up allegations with him. The fucking boosters don't want him around. It, it like. There was very little smoke, if anything, to anything that anybody was saying down there around Brian Harson and his connection to other students and stuff like that. But Auburn fans made it a big deal. Twitter made it a big deal. Um, I, I, I just think it's interesting because they may start off the season five and zero, oh, and if you want this guy gone, you can't start off the season five and zero. Oh. He's got to
1: be he has to have a losing season, I would imagine, in order to to lose the job, right? I mean, six and seven last season. You're coming over. here. You still got Tank Bigsby on the roster. There's there's been rumors. You know, we talked we talked to Ray GQ about a month ago, and he was talking about how he wasn't sure if Bigsby would be on the roster when the season started. This Auburn team is always like a bounce back. You never know right. what year it's going to happen, but they're going to have one. You know, nine win team that potentially pushes Bama uh, here or there. But I mean, you got to give him credit out here out here uh, recruiting Justin Jefferson to the Auburn Tigers. Not that Justin Jefferson, uh, the, the the JUCO linebacker Justin Jefferson, who runs a four three four. So I mean, he's out here in the weeds getting guys that are that are dogs and and you know want to come be want to come be Auburn Tigers. So uh, give him credit; he's out here working. He's yeah. out here working. I don't think he's going to get fired after year one, though. Yeah, I, I I put some
0: faith in him. I think he'll be. I think he'll be. He'll be just good enough. Uh, what's
1: what's your number four? My number four. We're going to go down to LSU, and we're going to talk about the family. We're talking about the 6-6 and LSU Tigers with Brian Kelly and his family. Will they fix or fuck the culture at LSU? That's the question. Will Brian Kelly fix the culture or uh, push it more down the drain? Jaden Daniels, Walker Howard at quarterback, who's he going to be? Miles Brennan still there. Will he be able to to get John Emery on the right path? Keishawn Butte, uh, you know, he's got this this ankle injury of sorts, Achilles injury. Will he play? Does he want to play? Do do any of these guys want to play for Brian Kelly? Is the big question. Um, and and can they? Seventy active NFL players, and Brian Kelly comes down there, and you're talking about a team that was six and six. They have to get better. They have to. But what if nobody wants to play for him? That's the question. Yeah, what if this
0: was just one big uh, payday for him and the recruiting isn't what it can be down there? I mean, yeah. I, do you honestly think they're going to go,
1: they're going to be worse than they were last year? They can't. But the, the thing is, is if Boutte hasn't had surgery or he has surgery at some point now and he misses the season, he pulls a Jamar Chase, he goes, you know, a few. I mean, I'm going to have surgery. Y'all know what I can do when I'm healthy. And, you know... If, if a guy like Brian Thomas or something like that says, you know, I don't want to play, whatever it may be, John Emery hasn't hardly been on the field. Jaden Daniels comes over. Like, what if this offense could be dynamite? But if people are banged up, people don't want to play, people can't stay on the field, you know, get the grades right and stay out of trouble, you could be looking at a big old gaze. He's just got a big paycheck. And, and we're talking about Brian Kelly, you know, oh man, can, can I, Notre Dame, can I come back? No. Nah, son, we got Marcus Freeman. We don't. We don't need you. You know that's yeah. the, that's the, that's what I'm looking for. So, well, give me your number three here. Yeah, you know, for me, this was this is where things started to get a little tough for me.
0: Um, I think number three for me is is Texas uh, and M and Alabama. Right, the storylines that flew all over this past couple of weeks now with Jimbo unveiling there may or may not have been some. McDonald's bags full of cash handed around to recruits or in cars in uh, in in Baton Rouge when they were both on the same staff at LSU together. And uh, you know, once you start to pull the cat out of the bag, it, I think it's just gonna come tumbling down. At some point, they're gonna have to face one another. I think it's October 8th, is when it is. Um, especially with Texas AM finally beating them last year and then having the number one recruiting class they won't shut up about. It, it it's like, okay. Let's let's see you do it. Let's see Jimbo get over eight wins again. Because we've that was a big joke on our over under with the SEC. Go listen to that one and watch that video. Like and subscribe. Um, but that's that's the key, right? Can Jimbo finally put all the talent that he's got on stars into into on field performance?
1: I just I just can we just talk about you know everyone talked about last year, you know, Dan Campbell versus Mike Vrabel will be such an awesome fight. In the NFL, can we just get Jimbo and Nick Saban in a ring and just say, you know what? Let's go. Let's SEC football. F that. We want to see Nick Saban versus Jimbo. Fuck
0: oh it. yeah, yeah. No, I think it'd be that would be that would be it'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I even settle for a golf, a golf match between two of them.
1: Let's, let's do golf. Let's let's let's, let's keep let's it proper. Let's, let's do some golf. They can both wear their straw fucking hats and, and drive around their custom golf carts, and we can just go, you know, golf and in, in, in Augusta in in Georgia and. And, and Nick Saban could have more home field advantage. What about you? What's number three for you? Number three, we're headed north to the tundra, Minnesota. PJ mm. Fleck. He goes nine and four last year, but we've been sitting here waiting for PJ Fleck to keep rowing that motherfucking boat. 11 and two in 2019 without back win. They dip down to three and four in 2020. We've seen all the receivers come in and go out Tyler Johnson, Rashad Bateman, all these running backs. They go 9-4 last year. And in the Big Ten West, it's Iowa 10-4, Minnesota 9-4, Purdue 9-4, Wisconsin 9-4. It, it, it's, I would say it's pretty wide open from that aspect. And what they continue to do is just be mediocre. Tanner Morgan comes back for his 77th season. Muhammad Ibrahim. I saw a PFF article the other day saying that if Muhammad Ibrahim would have been healthy, he would have been the first running back off the board. Fougay's. But he's back. Trey Potts is there. Bryce Williams is back. They're going to keep running the damn ball because that's what Minnesota does. They hand that ball off to Mohamed Ibrahim. He's going to go for a couple hundred yards every single game. And we're going to continue to see that. Chris Bell's there. But they're still going to run out too tight, two backs. Not going to give Tanner Morgan the chance to throw the ball. Will P.J. Fleck row that dad damn boat to a Big Ten championship? That's
0: probably not. No, I'm gonna say no. No way. No, the no. I. It,
1: will he get never, to the big? Will he get to the Big Ten Championship? I think is he can
0: get. I, I think he can get to it. I think. you, you think your smart money would be either on the over their win total or for them to make it to the Big Ten Championship because I don't think. I mean, but fuck, because the hard part there is saying that they wouldn't be able. They wouldn't have been able to beat Ohio State when they were. Right, they were so close to it, but then Mo Ibrahim goes. I mean, they were whooping Ohio State's ass, and then Mo Ibrahim gets hurt, and the season kind of falls apart from there. So, I don't know. Minnesota's got kind of the Nebraska syndrome, where it just loses to random fucking teams for no reason sometimes. Fucking hate it. But other than that, like, (sighs) I mean, they could win the Big Ten. They could win the Big Ten, I guess, if if they can keep up with Ohio State they did last year. I I think they have got a good shot of maybe. Maybe potentially beating them. A two-score we'll game
1: against a two-store game against Ohio State in week one. That big drop in week four against bowling goddamn green at home. 14 10. They can couldn't mm-hmm. put any points on the board. Then they get hot, lose by eight to Illinois, go to Iowa, pink locker rooms, lose by five. A bunch of very close games all season. It, he's built, it seems like he's built a team. He's built a team. But the big question is you, you look at it. 23 and 10 over the last three seasons with the COVID year being three and four kind of kind of butches it. But 2021, 2019, 20 and 6, solid, solid base for PJ Fleck. But PJ, you've been in Minnesota for five years. This is your sixth season. Make something of it. Yeah. Just no. earn your money. Time to Andy, time to get up. Give me number two. Yeah, so for number two for me
0: is a situation that's not foreign to anybody right now. And it's gonna be Lincoln Riley going to USC, right? All the drama, the flair, everything we know around it, right? The transfers that he took with him or didn't take with him, the Jordan Edison being the latest sequence of events to occur in terms of the tampering of, of bringing other transferred portal, you know, folks from other schools. Um can he recreate the magic of Oklahoma? Can he turn his quarterback at USC into the next Heisman candidate or send that send at least send him to New York, right? Have him be a top five finalist. Uh can he do that? Because in order to do that, you've got to outshine Bryce Young, you've got to get lucky like Will Anderson, you've got to be talented and absolutely freak at your position. Just
1: let's see what he can do. That's that's self-explanatory, I think. Uh like When we talk about like some of the best coaching hirings, I think Lincoln Riley's up there and the situation being as kind of situational, so to speak, as it is. Caleb Williams is there. Is he the guy? We saw it in a few games at Oklahoma. They bring in all these guys, they bring in all these recruits. USC's back. They give him $10.17,000 trillion million dollars and the house and jet access. But that don't mean shit if you don't win football games. And what yep. did he not do at Oklahoma? What's the one thing he didn't do? He never, never won it. Never won it. It. He never won it. And mm-hmm. That's why USC paid him so much money, because they want to go back and win it. My number two, Florida, hiring Billy Napier. Seven coaches in 12 years since Urban Meyer left. Can Billy Napier right the ship? Dan Mullen goes five and six and gets canned. Is Billy Napier the answer at Florida? Can he? You know, Emory Jones left. It's Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson has sixty four career pass attempts, and Florida is just you know. The, when you look at the standings in the SEC East from last season, the bottom from bottom up goes Vanderbilt, Florida. Mm-hmm. That tells you yeah. what discussion they're in they're not in the georgia bama discussion right now there's a way to go there's a ways to go i don't think they're going to be a one-year fix and flip i don't think they're just magically going to win 10 11 games billy napier can he write the ship is my biggest question um, in florida they have the talent they've had some of the recruits over the last few seasons they've had some recruits flip you know brenton cox playing that jack linebacker that jack edge on defense you know, you bring over Montreal Johnson. You got Anthony Richardson. Is Anthony Richardson even a, even a thing? There's been a lot of Debbie conversations about Anthony Richardson. Quite frankly, I'm not I'm not really sold. Um, but that's a, a situation that seven coaches in 12 years. If he's gone after a year, if he doesn't do shit this year or next year, I don't think he'd can get canned after one year. But if he doesn't do anything this year or next year, I mean, seven coaches in 12 seasons, man, I don't know. He could he could get canned after one year. We don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. But okay, so number one, where, where are you looking
0: here? Number one for me, this this is one that 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 either should be an honorable luncheon for you, or maybe we have the same number one here, and it's it's Steve Sarkeesian in the Texas Longhorns is the, is number one situation for me. You finally have the pieces, Texas. Look, Texas fans, look at me. You finally have everything you're supposed to have to win a national championship, or at least make some noise in the Big Twelve. And one lost team, maybe, you know, and, and make the college football playoff. You have everything you need on paper. But this is why we play the games because Texas will inevitably shit the bed. And Steve Sharkeesian's going to get fired after this year, or potentially does enough to barely hang on. And again, Texas is stuck in this fucking, uh, uh, you know, Ferris wheel of constant. we're we're the second best or third best team in our conference. We'll never be able to make it out regardless of what our recruiting um, looks like, which Texas, I I want, I want there to be more parody here, but Texas fans need to be realistic themselves and say, Sharkeesian has got to put it up or shut up, right? That's what Alex Dunlap told us a
1: few months back. I believe it too. Number one, Steve Sharkeesian, Texas Longhorns. I can't wait to have Alex back on probably late next month, August, something like somewhere in there. when, Texas is at camp. We just talked about this. We want to have Alex back on, but we want to have him on when Texas is in camp and Alex's boots on the ground. And we're going to get the you know the quotes from Sarkeesian at practice. We're going to get the Bijans getting all the carries. Who's playing quarterback? Who's play- the talent in Texas is is undeniable. Mm-hmm. But ask Florida. We just talked about talent gets you so far. Seven coaches in twelve years at Florida. Texas, I mean, they are them in Florida. They've been through the goddamn ringer, but the amount of talent that Texas has—if it, it, Sark can't win here—I don't know if he's gonna be able to win in college football again.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think he's done here. What's what's your number one? Bring us home, Cody.
1: Number one, we're going out here. Brent Venables, number one, Oklahoma you might say sticky situation Brent venables but he's getting he's getting the opportunity of a lifetime he's get the head coaching job at oklahoma the thing that i'm very most interested in is he leaves clemson a team that you know they won a lot in the acc he's come to the big 12 where they don't play a lot of defense but he's coming to oklahoma who is you know year after year put prospects into the nfl he loses his quarterbacks Oklahoma's coming off a year where they go eleven and two with Lincoln Riley, with Caleb Williams. He still has some guys. The receiver room is intact. Eric Gray stays. They bring over Dylan Gabriel from UCF. You know, Dylan Gabriel, Dylan Gabriel, you know, has a national championship under his belt, and several uh, several civil conflict wins against UConn. undisputed, undisputed national champion. Dylan Gabriel. They also brought in Nick Evers as a as a true freshman. So I I think the the question here is can Brent Venables coach a team? We always see him on the sidelines getting, you know, the pullback guys. Is are going to be a pullback guy when he gets to Oklahoma. Is he going to be able to control the football team instead of coaching the defense? Or is he going to be coaching the defense and having more of an assistant guy, you know, kind of control the the data, the 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 minute by minute movement during the game you know I, i'm really interested to see just kind of how that dynamic works uh with venables in oklahoma so um, oklahoma uh, again they've been the model of consistency since you know forever my entire life oklahoma's been the model of consistency in college football so mm-hmm. i'm very interested to see what they what happens there